Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 9th of November. A nurse has fronted court after being charged in WA for allegedly pretending to administer a COVID vaccine to a teenager. The 51-year-old woman was taken into police custody after inserting the needle into the teen's arm and allegedly failing to inject the vaccine. The nurse is also accused of making a false entry on the clinic's medical record system and could now face further charges relating up to 20 five other patients. Meantime, younger Australians may have to wait longer to be eligible for the COVID vaccine, with the federal government saying they're sticking with a cautious approach. The Therapeutic Goods Administration is yet to give approval for those children aged between 5 and 11 to receive the lower-dose Pfizer vaccine. Last week, the US approved the vaccine for younger children, but Prime Minister Scott Morrison says nothing will change unless there's clear medical evidence suggesting otherwise. We'll be ready to go if and when the medical experts say it's safe to do so and uh, we won't be authorising a vaccination uh, arrangement for children aged 5 to 11 until the medical experts say it's safe for your children to be vaccinated. New figures have revealed Australians who aren't vaccinated are 16 times more likely to die or get seriously ill from COVID than those who are vaccinated. The New South Wales government has released the new figures from the Delta outbreak, finding that of the 412 deaths, only 11% were fully vaccinated. Of the 11%, or 47 people who died, the average age was 82, with 30% aged care residents. It comes after an unvaccinated man aged in his 30s was among seven people who died of COVID in New South Wales on Sunday. Authorities say the southwestern Sydney man had no major underlying health issues. Here is the New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet. COVID is not going away. Uh, even if you are vaccinated, you will get COVID. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the vaccination program reduces symptoms and keeps people safe. You, yourself safe, your family and your friends safe. And authorities are on alert after a COVID outbreak at a Melbourne Cup party. So far, three people have tested positive for the virus after attending the after party for the Melbourne Cup winner, Very Elegant. It's still not clear at this stage if the COVID cases are the result of the party itself or trackside. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To WA and a new twist in the ongoing investigation into the alleged kidnapping of Cleo Smith. Police have returned to Carnarvon as they look into whether others may have been involved in the four-year-old's disappearance. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. That's right, Tash. The detectives who found Alicia Cleo Smith almost a week ago have now returned to Carnarvon. They're still investigating if anyone else was involved in the alleged kidnapping of the four-year-old as Terence Darrell Kelly is held at a Perth prison. Detective Senior Sergeant Cameron Blaine here on 7 News has this appeal for information. We just asked that if there was anyone that had any contact with Mr Kelly, uh, whether you saw him, whether you met with him, uh, whether you spoke to him on the phone, during the relevant period to please make yourself known to police. Meantime, the entire police team involved in searching for and reuniting Lishal Cleo Smith with her family will be honoured at a state reception. 
And to New South Wales, and today is a big day for thousands of Year 12 students. After plenty of delays, HSE exams will finally start this morning. Our reporter Michaela Savage is in Sydney with this report. Yeah, it's harsh. School's been a roller coaster ride for most teens over the past few months, with many forced into online learning because of COVID. But today, Year 12s will file into halls across the state to sit their final exams. They will have to wear masks the entire time, and so will the supervisors. Education Minister Sarah Mitchell says it's for everyone's safety. Students are far less likely to be a close contact should there be a positive case in their exam room. It's all about following the health advice because we want to make sure that as many students as possible can complete each and every one of their exams. The final HSC exam for the year will wrap up on Friday, December 3. At the moment, 80% of 12 to 15-year-olds have had their first dose of a COVID vaccine and all teachers need to be double-vaxxed. That deadline hit yesterday. Any staff who haven't had the jab yet won't be able to work until they're fully vaccinated. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Now, the world's richest man, Elon Musk, seems to be ready to sell 10% of his Tesla shares for around $30 billion on the back of Twitter. Of course, as you do. Well, I mean, Tash, you've done that, I've done that, we've all done that, but now it's Elon Musk's turn, apparently. This is probably going to be the most bizarre business story of this year, and that's saying something. There is some challenge in the US or some some concern that, you know, the allegedly billionaires are hoarding their, their money, not paying tax. But if you don't sell your shares, you don't have to pay tax, right? That's the story. So Musk, in at least <laughs> at least in theory, as a response to that, says to Twitter, hey, people are saying this about me and about other people. Should I just, like, sell 10% of my shares? And apparently Twitter has said, yes, the poll result is he should sell his shares. And he says he's promised to actually go through with it. So, yeah, a big rest part of $30 billion Australian dollars worth of Tesla shares, potentially, again, he's promising to actually do it, going to be sold based on the results of a Twitter poll. He's not going to be uh, short of a quid, though. He's still the world's richest man. He's got $300 million or so worth of Tesla stock remaining even after the sale. So he's going to be okay. Um, assuming, of course, the regulator doesn't tap him on the shoulder and say, mate, You can't do this stuff on Twitter. So we will see, but it is one of the strangest stories of the year. 2021 just gets even more bizarre, Scott. (laughs) Uh, And also making news today, last week we heard talk of big pay rises for some workers. More good news, though, that skilled job vacancies are at a 13-year high, but the downfall to that is, gosh, a lot of places are finding it hard to get good staff. Yeah, and this is the real challenge to us. As with all these stories, you know, when rates are up or down, they're savers on one side, mortgage payers on the other side. In this case, yeah, you're right. If, you, if you're looking for a job, if you want to get a pay rise, then this is wonderful news. If there are so many vacancies out there, you can pick your employer, you can negotiate your salary. That's great. As you say on the other side, businesses having to pay up more to keep people in jobs or to get new people into jobs. And as you say, massive uh, gaps in some places. In fact, I, just a random story, I was due to go to a Christmas party they can't cater because they can't get enough staff. So the parties have to actually change venues. And so that's, I mean, that's a small example. But, yeah, right now the skill shortage is real. The staff shortage is real. As you know, say great news for employees or potential employees, but getting tougher and tougher for business. 100%. And some more good news in the wake of COP26, Scott. Australia has now installed 3 million rooftop solar systems and there's no signs of that ending anytime soon. Isn't that cool? So, look, 2020 was slightly better, apparently, the 2020 financial year than 2021, but another spectacularly great year for solar installation. Just a really, really good story. Three million systems across the country. Queensland, take a bow. Queensland's in the lead, uh, which is not bad considering the lower population. The New South Wales, which is second, and Victoria third. And apparently the National Solar Fleet 
is something like the equivalent of five power stations, which is remarkable when you think about both the, the sheer size, capacity, and of course the renewable element of that. We're all pretty happy that means less smog in the air and, and less climate change, less global warming. So really good news there. And as you say, it is going to continue. There is no signs that it's slowing down meaningfully at all. I mean, I guess once they're done, they're all done, but still plenty of solar being put in the ground or in roofs, and that's great news for everybody. 100%. Happy Tuesday. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Dash. <laughs> The sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The Aussies will tour Pakistan for the first time in 24 years. Good morning, Tash. Yeah, this is huge. We haven't been to Pakistan since the 98-99 series, and Pakistan in the last you know few years have been forced to play in places like Dubai and Abu Dhabi. They haven't been able to host matches in their own country, and this year we had England and New Zealand cancelling tours due to security fears. Uh, Mark Taylor, uh, his epic innings of 334 not out. Um, featured in that 98-99 series so that takes you back you know such a long time since we have been there he's been selling Fujitsu's for the best part of uh, three decades since then Uh, so the tour is March next year we face Pakistan in all three formats now of course before then we've got them at the T20 World Cup the semi-finals are on Thursday night all rounder Mitch Marsh says they are the informed team in the comp Everyone knows how dangerous Pakistan are. Um, they've got great experience, great depth in their bowling. Um, they're a very all-round side. So, uh, And in saying that, I think we are too. Um, we've got great experience. We've got um, plenty of depth with both bat and ball. So um, it should be a, a fantastic matchup. And the WBBL will hold a First Nations round for the first time this season. Tash celebrating Indigenous culture. And But it only seemed like the grand final was a couple of weeks ago and now the NRL set to release its fixture today and we've been given a sneak peek of what's in store for 2022. Yeah, it's been trickling out the last couple of weeks. We've told you about some of the matchups in uh, round one. Well, now it looks like uh, two coaches who are under pressure going into next season. Trent Barrett maybe less so than Anthony Griffin, but both the Bulldogs and the Dragons are expected to be handed tough draws when that is released this morning, especially early on in the season. At the Broncos, Kevin Walters signed a landmark deal over the weekend. His two-year contract was torn up. He agreed to sign a standard employment agreement, but he's denied reports it's solely a performance-based deal. No, that's not true. That's not true. Um, as far as I know, unless someone tells me something different, <laughs> no, it's not true. But we're, look, we're, obviously, I'm, I'm a realist as well, guys. You know, we, football is, is about winning, particularly at the Broncos. But certainly, uh, Kevy Trent Barrett and Anthony Griffin are three coaches that need to get some results going their way in 2022. Absolutely. And talking about football, there's been a COVID scare at an AFL club. Yeah, Hawthorne has been forced to shut its Waverley Park base. Uh, went into lockdown yesterday. It's believed to be a housemate of a listed AFL player who tested positive. Um, now, the Western Bulldogs uh, AFL women's staff and players were forced into quarantine and to cancel a session over the weekend after a member of the program tested positive. That was following a training session on Thursday. So, despite the vaccination rates lifting, this is still going to be a story uh, and an issue for clubs to deal with heading into next season. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And a small wooden bird that was once purchased for just $130 has now sold for more than $364,000 at auction. It turns out the gold falcon bird once belonged to the Tudor Queen Anne Boylan, who was one of Henry VIII's wives. A historian made the discovery after finding the same rare carving in a painting from the same era.
And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.